I was saying something along the lines of like, this is kind of like my digital footprint, you know, like this is like my historical record. Right. You know, uh, there isn't so much media that exists nowadays that is like um, quite as cataloged. And, okay. and, and free for anyone to access. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I, I think podcasts get a lot of shit now because they're, you need commitment to like listen to a podcast. You do. You need to genuinely be a fan. It needs to be something you look forward to. Yeah. And um, if you just kind of pick it up every now and again, y- you know, you're going to lose touch at some point somewhere. Sure. And, you know, I listen to last podcast every fucking week. I, I, I make time. While I'm cooking dinner, one night I just, oh, last week's episode came out, still haven't listened to it, put right. it on. Um, I tell a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people tell me that they listen to it when they're either at work or commuting, and I, I get that. A lot of people are stuck in cars for like an hour. Yeah. You could, yeah, get, yeah. you could get through like a full episode. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Or you could watch like pornos. Or you could watch porn while yeah, you're driving. Like I, that's what I do. Is that what you do? On my commute, yeah. It's is, kind of like a podcast. Isn't format. your commute from your bedroom to your living room? <laughs> no, I could understand why you'd be watching. No, it's, most days it's from a bedroom to my bedroom. Oh, I don't leave great. the room. I like kind of scramble out of bed, and then the floor is my desk, and I say, uh-huh. "Oh, I've arrived." I check in. I clock in. Yeah, <laughs> mostly. Uh, boss is a real bitch, though. Yeah. Ah, uh, she's like, "Hey." Hey, I made you hot pockets. I'm like, shut the fuck up, boss. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to move out. To get my boss off my fucking dick. So, as I was saying, <laughs> the, uh, the, the kind of impression that we have to leave... I'll just switch the names around when I'm done. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's a minor oh, no. miscalculation. Now when you save, it's not going to save. Now when you save, it's going to instantly delete itself. Because no. you identified it. No, it. Try to save this episode. Try to save this recording. If you're listening to this right now, I just saved it. <laughs> <sighs> Shit. It's seamless. All right. This the, the processing of Fuck. this application. Fuck. So, um, oh, we've lost we've lost footage before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You don't think we get to episode 100 without losing full episodes at certain points? Oh, it's happened. We had a full episode with uh, who was it? Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer, right? And then he freaked the fuck out. I don't know if you guys heard what happened to him. <laughs> he went a little cray-cray. So we, we lost that We just wanted him whole... to read Jeff the Killer, and he said, it. nah, I was gay. Nah. Something like it was gay. <laughs> yeah. Which was weird, actually, if you mm-hmm. look up uh, the Wikipedia. He had a weird lollipop. But anyway, like, we lost the episode. It was episode one. That was that was the whole reason why you started oh, the podcast. Oh, that's right. First episode. That was the impetus <laughs> lost for the whole thing. Lost first episode. You, you reverse it. You spin it on top. And you take the modulus. Seems like a lot of work. Take the square root. And then that doesn't translate. (laughs) He's doing a lot of motions with his hands. Anyway, that's what you do in programming. Oh, yeah. Actually, if you look at my computer, it's like one of those minority report computers. So I put the visor on, I put the gloves on and then it just kind of, I do a lot of motions. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then that's how I, I do cut. remember him doing I swipe that. a lot of windows over other windows. How many times have you watched that movie? I minimize, I minimize, it likes, and I pull them back up, and I it's maximize. Like seeing it. I maximize, and then I pin it, I pin it to my desktop. That kind of looked more like Tony and Stark. And then I take it, I take it, move it over there, and then I click it, and when then it he closes. does the Iron Man 2 stuff. Closes. Then you can't get it back. Mm-hmm. So, we've we've made it. Apparently, this story is is going to be about spooky woods. Damn! Okay. So, we're reading Baraska. <laughs> right? Whew. That's what we're reading. Isn't that what we yeah. decided on? Uh, yeah. It wasn't Spire in the Woods. No. That was... <gasps> we're going to read Spire in the Woods at some point. Not... Me and oh, Django, but we're gonna. It's not a secret. He chose Baraska. What was your reason why? It sounded like a nice, oily white fish. Hmm. And I, I love a good white fish. I think this is the one that takes place in Mountain Town. It does. It does. That sounds about right. You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of Until Dawn. What are those? Wendigos. Wendigos. Because uh-huh. you've done that joke before. Uh-huh. That rap song. Tell me when to go. The only person who gets that my is house cry. is a dehydrohedron. I oh my the god! The only person who got that joke was crying Hawaiian, and, <sighs> and he like saluted you for <laughs> how terrible that joke was. He liked it. That's good. I I have been listening to E forty probably impressions for the last three days. He's just so great. <laughs> just impressions. Ooh. He he is so impressionable. Uh what it's it's so good. Anyway, that's fine. Again, it's just crying horn. I'm just talking to one person at this point, so that's fine. He appreciates it, though. That's good. But, you know, it's a limited market share. Before we hop into the story, I've got, a, I've got a fucking list. We haven't recorded in a while. Just to preface, when we recorded episode 100, it was like three months ago. <clears throat> so there's been a bit of a time jump. And um, I gave it a break. The episodes are still catching up, so maybe the stuff we're talking about is going to be a little bit more, like, current. Right. In the last couple. Um, For sure. I got a bunch of shit here, and I'm gonna try and find something that might interest you. I recently played two games Mm -hmm. that were really good. Um, The first one was, believe it or not, Limbo. Okay. It's the first time I played through Limbo. Super good. It's, It's interesting. I don't quite know... If I would call it horror, there are some horror elements to it. Yeah. I think it's, again, much like Baraska, this might be more psychological. Yeah. You know, um, it it is essentially a kid in purgatory trying to save his sister. Sister, right. And it ended up killing him. Yeah. So he will always be chasing that, you know, like Sisyphus with the rock up the mountain. Right. That's, you know, mythology. So, uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked the art. Yeah. Um, I got really frustrated Very, with for, a, for listeners who don't know, Limbo is that famous game that came out like a couple of years ago. With, I would say it's like 2011, 2011. 2012. Yeah. Um, where everything's in black and white. Yeah. Right. It's all, it's, gray it's all scale, grayscale. And, and it's a, it's a side scroller. Puzzle platformer. Yeah. And, um... I was impressed with it. I, you know, I haven't played the next one people told me to play after that, which is Inside. The um, <clears throat> side-scrolling storytelling. Right. Um, but what I did happen to play, which came out between these two, mm-hmm. Inside was like last year, like three years ago, four years ago, was a game called Little Nightmares. Okay. Now, I haven't talked about this on the show yet. 
But story about this fucking game, which is why I write this shit down. When I was a little kid, I used to have a nightmare about being the size of like a mouse, like a rodent mm-hmm. in a large house owned by a decrepit old man. And he knew I was in the fucking house. I, it, the entire dream is me scurrying from bottom piece of furniture to bottom piece of furniture, trying to make my way from like the front door to the kitchen imaginably. But every time, like almost like shadow of Colossus, you know, Yeah. I would, every time I would cut out from under a piece of furniture, his head would like swivel around and see me and fucking chase me. And that was like a repetitive nightmare I had as a kid. Almost like a, um, I never thought, almost like I never thought that I would ever see something even come close to that kind of concept. And then I fucking played the game Little Nightmares. You are a little girl going through a nightmare hellscape from like the pit of this island. That right. is out in the middle of the ocean, and it's just floating. Mm-hmm. And it's like a dock for boats, for, for fat, gluttonous people. And essentially, they come onto this, this barge to eat a specific delicacy. Do you know what that delicacy is, Django? So it'd be like Captain Crunch? Like the Captain that of the would be That would be a good guess, right? Yeah. It's children. They eat kids. That's different. So you're a little girl who makes it out of what I imagine is the holding cells. Um, and you go through the entire facility. And by when I say facility, I mean the jail, the processing center where they get butchered, skinned, and sent to the uh, cooks. Mm-hmm. Which is the next section, trying to get away from cooks. The first section... Your main boss is essentially a babysitter. It is a large head on a tiny body with arms that could stretch through the entire room. So you got to like jump over the hands That's and you got to get out of the That's way. You have you seen anything about this game? I've seen like a couple of videos of it. I wanted to get it for PS4, but no. But that terrifying. That I whole little thing little body fucking sucks. Loved it. Skinny limbs. Skinny limbs. Fucking yeah, suck. long, long yeah. Freddy Krueger arms. Yeah. Is great. Then you get to the cooks. You're seeing them chopping up little kids, making soup and shit. And uh, two really big fat guys. So they're chasing you. They're throwing knives at you and mm-hmm. shit. Um, and then you get to the guest reception area, which if you walk out underneath a table at any point, any fat guest in the room will run after you and try to eat you. Right. Any of them. So at full points, there are eight to 12 of them forming a wave that just fucking follows you okay. as you run through the hotel area. That's then you get to the geisha and you gotta fight the geisha and she's like the main boss of the area. She has like telekinetic powers and shit. Super evil. So um, the entire game is just nightmares. I, I think it is so good. I got the special edition. Mm-hmm. It came with the prequel. In the prequel, you're another kid trying to do the same thing but you're following another girl she goes missing you go in further you realize that you're in the bottom 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 section where some of these sections are flooded and guess what granny lives down there granny lives in the flooded sections she swims in the water 
and the entire level, you're fucking running away from, like, bubbles trying to knock you off your thing. And, and at points, maybe one or two, you get real good glimpses of her. And she is old, naked, long arms, flabby tits, three rows of teeth. It is fucking terrifying, dude. Uh, second part is Miss, Mr. Longarms again. Um, and then third part, they have a fucking twist and it fucking nails you out of nowhere. And it leaves you fucking gut punched. <laughs> so it's like the way it intermingles back with the first game. So it's a prequel, but like by 10 minutes. <laughs> hmm. It's nuts. Really great. I can't recommend it enough. Um, but I also don't want to spoil it because it's just. No, it is like a porno. It is like a porno. It's like you're exactly fighting your like way porno. from the bottom to the top pimp trying to get your money's worth. <laughs> I didn't think you were a prostitute. No, but I've seen, yeah, I've seen pornos like that. That's crazy. <laughs> no, the game always looked really good to me. So I'll check it out. Have you played anything similar? I know I talked about Inside, but I haven't yeah, had a chance. Inside was uh, Joseph Anderson, who's like a YouTuber that I follow his channel. He did a, a kind of a talk about um, Inside and why it sucked compared to Limbo, hmm. which I don't think is necessarily true. He's very critical of games that he doesn't like. I don't think it sucked, but I think he highlighted why it's different. I think he nailed all of that. And like Inside, I don't know. Just from that video, it seems like Inside is kind of the same gameplay, but without the art direction or anything to make it make it. Yes, out. it's not it's not two dimensional. I'd say appearance wise, it has more in common with Little Nightmares. Right. Um, but right. it's it's not a um, you don't have a field. In Little Nightmares, you have a field to walk around, and it's not just a plane. Okay. I think inside is one plane meant to look like a field. Yeah. You are always on the left right axis. There is no. Right. Degree. It is always left right. I think that's true. But it, the art makes it look three dimensional. Yeah. Um, if I am not, if I am not mistaken, I might be mistaken, which is why I think people compare the gameplay to. Put Limbo. it in. We'll put it in the chat. Put it in the live chat. <laughs> if yeah. anyone doesn't know who's who's listening, we are doing this live. So this is not just a recording. This is actually happening live. Uh, you can catch this at twitch.tv.com slash lotsa slash pasta slash. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Twitch. Yeah. That would be really good. Yeah. So they would just put it in the comments if we were wrong. It would also be a lot of fucking work. I'm not... I'm seeing a lot of comments. Press one for tits. I'm seeing who's that Who's that gay boy. But I don't see anything about where we were wrong. So Franz I think we're fine. isn't here. I think we're fine. Franz isn't here right now. Ain't no reason to speak that language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I don't want to talk about too many creepy games. Um, I will just... Add that the next time I either have frowns or Harold heavy hands on, I gotta talk about Dead by Daylight because we've been really digging into that. Gotcha. Um, you got to see me play a little bit. Yeah, when we went. Oh, to, I, played, uh, I played a little bit. We went I actually to played the times. beta. You played the beta. I was I was playing the beta on the pisser. Yeah, man. On the pisser. I'm a pisser. I'm a <laughs> pisser gamer. <laughs> I'm a real pisser gamer. So you were you were steaming. I was steaming. Taking, I was taking a steam. Pisser. I was steaming. It's great. Yeah. I like that game. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, I'm a I'm a Mike Myers main when I'm on villain. Okay. I love that stock man, just sitting sitting in the background, just looking at people. It's so much funnier than just you know the repetitive mm -hmm. hook, the hooking, mm -hmm. the hooking and the traps. I'm not about mechanisms. I'm all about st strategy. I'm yeah. all about you know 
heightening it to the next thrill level. Which is why I like it, because to me, when you're playing Friday the 13th, that seems like there's more elements built on top to obscure the strategy. Now that I can say that I am a fan of both of them, I will say that not only that, but the element of chaos. Is better in Dead by Daylight. Is better in Friday the 13th. You have more people, therefore more variables of of interaction. And a lot of people fuck each other over. Yeah. Dead by Daylight, you have to work together and no one is going to get out of it. If, if If you sit and let your entire fucking team die, you're going, what, for hatch escape? Whatever, man. Good luck. It's tough. Good fucking luck, bro. You got to be real good to do hatches, that. No, hatch is heavy. It's like 20 pounds. It happens. I, I, I've, I've hatch escaped several times, but I would not play the game with the intention of doing that. Every match. Right. That sounds right. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who, who do you like? You said you played the beta. Yeah. Did, did, uh, did Hillbilly feel as broken back then? We only had, I think... Because you were real surprised by my gameplay. Oh my god, the chainsaw guy? Yeah. Where he dashes the whole length of the map with a chainsaw? Yeah. I think we only played with one character. I'm trying to think. I I think it was only... Was it the trapper? The one who laid down the things? Yes. Bear traps? Yeah, bear traps, yeah. I think there were like... I think... I don't think it was a beta. I think it was the first public release, and I think there were probably three, like, killer characters to choose from. And now there's like, obviously like 20, you know? Yeah, I, um, they just announced the new one. Um, it is a um, Junji Ito kind of chopped up Asian who has ghosty ghost powers. Is that a dish? It is a person. Is that a, is that a man? Junji? Oh, Junji Ito. Uh, best horror artist in Japan. Oh. Graphic okay. novels, comics. He, he makes... Oh, man. Okay, here's the first Google. Yep. Junji Ito. This is a dual Googles. Oh, it's a cat with spiders. It's a dude popping all of his it's on one face, and it's like going into the other guy. That's spirals. Okay. Pretty great. He's um, he's the fucking best, man. Wow, okay. Sick. He's the fucking craziest. He's, he's bad about it, yeah. So, okay. so Junji Ito... And then I gotta show you the guy, Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. The monster. Spirit. His name is Kyle. Monster's name is Kyle. Hey, my name's Kyle. What up? It's like all cut up limbs. Like floating. Oh, weird. Okay. And she, um... She'll, like, morph uh, across the map. And, like, you'll see her, like, astral body going this way. But she'll really be, like, behind you and shit. Ooh, it's, that's cool. Uh, the way I explained it to the guys was, um... It's like every time you play her, there's a chance of being clever girled from Jurassic Park, where you think you're looking at the one you're about to shoot with your 12 gauge, but really the real one is right next to you and it fucking looks at you and you're like, clever girl. And then you fucking die. (laughs) We were talking about Dead by Daylight. Harold Heavy Hands is here, just in time. We're about to start the story. Um. Yeah, now that you're here, I guess I could bring you into the Dead by Daylight. You, uh, you're a real big fan of one particular survivor, and I just want to hear her. I want to hear you say her name just once. Frank Mang. Frank Pause. He plays as the Asian chick, well, whose name is Fang Mang. Fang Mang. Fang Mei. Fang Mang. 
What is her Fang Meng? Fang Meng. Her name is Fang Meng. Fang Meng. <laughs> Fang Meng is uh, the reason Harold heavy hands. You mean? Fuck you! <laughs> fuck you! You piece of shit. The reason Harold heavy hands likes Fang Meng is because he fucks up on Jennies all the time. So, so when he fucks up on a Jenny, it doesn't go off because of the Fang Men perk. Oh. Concentration or whatever it's called. That's that's racist. No one fucks up on as many Jonesy, Jennies as Frost Mufu. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'll give him Jennies. I will say no one gets in your way as much as Frost McBoohoo. I'm working on a thing. Oh, here he comes. He's running at me with the killer. Right okay. behind him. Again. And then when you try to run in the same direction, yeah. he runs in the same direction as you <laughs> and like bumps into your body a little bit, getting in front of you, leaving you. To get... This actually happened to me twice in one night. Yeah. I turned a corner and, and fucking Frowns was standing there, dick in his hand, staring at me getting chased by the killer, and then immediately gets in my way. I'm like, fucking move. <laughs> fucking move. Let me drop the pallet. Fucking move. Oh, that fucking game, man. Uh, okay. Who's your favorite killer to play as? <laughs> She's a great one. <laughs> I was talking about the new killer, Spirit. I think she looks pretty cool. What's her name? It's just called Spirit. Th- she it just almost called- looks like Fang Mei. She ca- uh, That's Asian stereotyping. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, the new Survivor kind of looks like um, <laughs> Bugsy from Friday the 13th. <laughs> There's a new survivor in Dead by Daylight. Um, spirit. What's her actual name? Fangman. Ah. Rin Yamaoka. Ringman. Yeah, Rin Ringman. Yeah, that's it. That's what I said. Alright, fuckers. Anything else to add? To any Yamaokas listening, I no. apologize. We have dishonored your family. We absolutely have. You guys are not yins, and we know that. Do I still have ice cream here? <laughs> yeah. Hot damn! I got him ice cream for his birthday. Aw. Okay. You already you got you know him what? in the medieval times. And you know what? What? He, uh, he bitched about the flavor. <laughs> Bro. He, he bitched about the flavor. I got him pretty much the entire time. Bro. What is so, that about? So, I got my girlfriend... That's another fun thing. It took me a hundred episodes of this fucking show to start dating someone. Woo! So, um, she's real great. Uh, she, she, uh, she hasn't been on the podcast and she won't, <laughs> but her, uh, her code name is Thotamus Prime. <laughs> and, um, nice. I had uh, episode 101 or uh, no episode 100 featured Thotamus Prime. <laughs> yes. That's a sport. You still use it. You can use a spork for ice cream, dude. Yeah, man. More shovel. It's a spoon fork, dude. Spoon fork combo. What, you saying you can't use a spork for a function of the original spoon? Are you kidding me? That's how the spork was invented. I'd rather call it a foon. <laughs> I hate Foon ming. Foon ming. <laughs> Shit. I'll call it foon. Why are you bitchy? 
I got him Cherry Garcia. And What's wrong with Cherry Garcia? He wanted Chunky Monkey. All right, well, that's better, but... I mean, but I didn't want a fresh Chunky Monkey. You should have known that. He wanted he my girlfriend's have, Chunky Monkey. He shouldn't have bitched That's actually it. the stem of the entire thing, is I got my girlfriend Chunky Monkey. She left it here, and then he came over one night, looked in my freezer, and said, yo, who Chunk Monkey at that? <laughs> and then I said, that's my girlfriend's, and he's like, I'm going to fucking eat it. And I kept saying, no, you're not. And he kept saying, I'm going to fucking eat it. And then this proceeded to happen for like two hours. No, I, I would have body blocked him if it had. Gotcha. <laughs> So I got him Cherry Garcia to kind of shut him up. Because I thought it was his favorite. He uh, used to make fucking jokes about it in high school. He'd be like, yo, that Cherry Garcia. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay. I guess he really <laughs> likes that flavor. Is Cherry Garcia really your favorite flavor? It's up there. That's what I mean. What, what's but the ranking chun- with like Chunky Monkey? He puts my girlfriend specifically Chunky Monkey above any See, I fresh get that. I get that. <laughs> right. What the fuck? No, I get that. Because it had to have happened in the moment. The fact that you can buy other it's Chunky Monkeys. She hasn't been back over since. Fucking eat it, bro. They won't let me. No. It's my girlfriend. It's the best ice cream in the world. That specific Chunky Monkey. Used Chunky Monkey. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> he was fucking uh, Django. You know my name is Jason. <laughs> Shit. Shit. I'm, I'm gonna do that every fucking time. Just I once. haven't even said that I'm here. I just mean, they know who you time. are. They should. I'm here. You just- know, I was gonna run for government, and then this podcast made me be like, "Well, that shit's out the window." But that's why we. You were gonna run with the name Django Phillips. Yeah. I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna do the black. Vote. I would have voted for him too. Get the black vote and. Now that shit's out the fucking window. I'm sorry. I don't know why they'd be ashamed. I only rap Caucasianly. I think you say a lot of nice things on this show. None of it would. <laughs> it, the most we've said in the last like 17 episodes with you is, you're old. You like to listen to NPR. Uh, you like a good IPA. Um, <laughs> Just so happy. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's it. <laughs> okay, all right. All three things are true. Run sure. is uh, Django Willips. <laughs> Run is Fang Wang. Oh! <laughs> no, that's the win. Fango Phillips. Fango Phillips. So, we are here to read Baraska, and the reason we're reading Baraska is because uh, we need to start reading some of the best stories out there. Let me uh, ask you a question. <laughs> Lay it on me. <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> you just wanted to say what, that. What's your favorite ice cream? Uh, say Chunky Monkey. No, I don't like bananas. Mine is uh, Chunky Monkey. <laughs> Which kind? Um... <laughs> Edward Thought Hands? <laughs> what? Edward Thought Hands? <laughs> what? what is Thotimus Prime. <laughs> My girlfriend's name on the gross. show is Thotimus Prime. Thotimus Prime. Thotimus Prime's ice cream. Beyond fuck. <laughs> That's Lonious. exactly my point. Thotlonious Monster. Uh, she approved of it. Yeah. Thought so. We're in Nebraska. And uh, I don't know much about this story other than that it might be ghosts. Made me think of Until Dawn. I thought that was pretty neat. Okay. I like that game. They're coming out with a new one. I'm going to put heavy hands in charge of my my, thing. 
they're coming out with a new one. It's about people getting stuck on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Well, they came out with a hidden agenda. She was in hidden penitentiary. Was in hidden agenda, as was uh, was she? No. The same people came out with a new game. The Asian girl was in hidden agenda. I didn't know that. You're a policeman. A, poli- a police woman. I didn't know that. I thought yeah. the last game they came out with was Until Dawn. No, they, they switched gears and they did kind of a suspense story, um, which is all... The cool thing is it's like Jackbox, so it's all on your phone. So you don't have to use like one controller and whatever. People use their phone and they vote on options to happen in the story. Gotcha. Such a cool concept. We've played it probably four times and gotten 10% of the way through. Because That's like, really fucking cool. Like, just... You know, you stop because you're like, oh, this is a really cool concept, but like now there's more people here I want to drink. You know, like instead of like playing a video game with your phone. Have you seen the ad for the new one? No. It looks good. I'm. It's like people stuck on a boat and they see something in the ocean and. I'm with it. It's totally like creepy undersea witches or something. I'm with it. 100%. Real fucking cool. Anywho, I think this might be about ghosts. It's either this one or Spire in the Woods. One of them is about ghosty things. Um, I'm leaning towards this one. This one also might have, like, Sasquatch Bigfoot vibes. Ooh. Who the fuck knows? Spire in the Woods is supposed to have, like, a Slender Man feel. Okay. So I don't remember anything specifically about this story. Okay. All right. Would you like to start? Let me start. Baraska from Creepypasta. It's a long story, but one you've never heard before. This story is about a place that dwells in the mountain. A place where bad things happen. And you may think you know about the bad things. You may decide you have it all figured out, but you don't. Because the truth is worse than monsters or men. Ain't that just the way? At first I was upset when they told me we were moving to some little town out in the Ozarks. I remember staring at my dinner plate while I listened to my sister throw a tent temper tantrum unbefitting of a 14-year-old honor student. She cried, she pleaded, and then she cursed at my parents. She threw a bowl at my dad and told him it was all his fault. Mom told Whitney to calm down, but she stormed off, slamming every door in the house on the way to her room. I secretly blamed my dad as well. I heard the whispers too. My dad had done something wrong, something bad, and the sheriff's department had reassigned him to some little out-of-the-way county to save face. (laughs) My parents didn't want me to know that, but I did. I was nine, so it didn't take me long to warm to the idea of a change. It was like an adventure. New house, new school, new friends. Jason Bateman. Whitney, of course, felt the opposite. I actually love that show. My my parents are on it right now. It's really great. I haven't seen it. My parents love it. It's breaking bad. For for Netflix. Yeah. Moving to a new school at her age is hard. Moving away from a new boyfriend, however, was even harder. While the rest of us packed up our things and said our goodbyes... Whitney sulked and cried and threatened to run away from home. But a month later, when we pulled up our, to our new house in Drisking, Missouri. Drisking? Driskin. Driskin? Driskin. Drisking? Drisking, Missouri. She was sitting right next to me, texting viciously on her phone. <laughs> Vicious. Thankfully, we moved over the summer, and I had months of free time to explore the town. When Dad started his new job at the sheriff's office, Mom drove us around the city, commenting on this and that. The city was much, much smaller than St. Louis, but also a lot nicer. There were no bad areas, and the entire town looked like something you'd see in a postcard. Drisking was built in a mountain valley surrounded by healthy forest land with walking trails and crystal clear lakes. I was nine, it was summer, and this was heaven. 
We'd only been living in Drisking a week or so when our next-door neighbors came by to introduce themselves. Mr. and Mrs. Landy and their ten-year-old son, Keel. While the parents talked and drank mimosas, I watched the Landy's lanky redhead son hang out in the doorway, shyly eyeing the PS2 in the living room. Uh, do you want to play? I asked. He shrugged. Not really. Do you want to? I just got Tekken 4. Um. Kyle glanced at his mom, who had just been handed her third mimosa. Yeah. Sure. And that afternoon, <clears throat> with the ease and simplicity of our age, Keel and I became best friends. We spent Keel. the cool summer mornings outside exploring the Ozarks and the hot afternoons in my living room playing the PS2 naked. He introduced me to the only other kid in the That's neighborhood our age. A skinny, quiet girl named Kimber Starro. That's how we played all the Silent Hills. Starro? Are we serious right now? Thank you, friend. Bro. Wow. Someone's a psychic. She was shy, but friendly, and always up for anything. Kimber kept up with us so well that she quickly became the third wheel on our tricycle. With my dad at work all the time... Isn't that a sexual term? I believe so. (laughs) With my dad at work all the time, shooting his new Netflix series... My mom consumed with her friendships, and my sister locked her room all day. This summer was ours to take, and take it we did. Keel and Kimber showed me where all the best hiking trails were, which lakes were the best and most accessible by bike, and where the best stores were in town. By the time the first day of school rolled around in September, I knew I was home. On the last Saturday before school started, Keel and Kimber told me they were going to take me somewhere special, somewhere we hadn't been yet. The Triple Tree. What's a triple tree, I asked. It's a totally awesome, totally huge treehouse out in the woods. Keel said excitedly. <laughs> Whatever, Keel. Come on, guys. If there was a freaking treehouse, you would have showed it to me already. Nah, we wouldn't have. Keel shook his head. There's a ceremony for first-timers and everything. Kimber nodded eagerly in agreement, her dark orange curls bouncing off of her tiny shoulders. Yep, it's true, Sam. If you enter the treehouse without the proper ceremony, you'll disappear and then you'll die. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! My face fell. Now I knew they were making fun of me. That's a lie! You guys are lying to me! No, we're not! Kimber insisted. Yeah, we'll show you. We just have to get a knife for the ceremony and we'll go. What? Why do you need a knife? <laughs> Is it a blood ceremony? I whispered. <laughs> No way, Kimber promised. <laughs> you just say some words and carve your name in the triple tree. God turkey. <laughs> yep. It takes like one minute. Keel agreed. And it's a really cool tree house, I asked. Oh, yeah. Keel promised. Okay, I guess I'll do it then. Oh, I forgot these were supposed to be like 10 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> now it's pretty fucked up. My character is 24. The, yeah. the rest of them are, are 13. They're each 13. Okay. <laughs> okay. Keel insisted on using the same knife he used during his own ceremony, but we, prayed a, we paid a price to get it. We paid a price. But we paid a price to get it. Mrs. Landy just happened to be home with her youngest son, Parker, and despite Keel's many objections, his mother insisted he take his six-year-old brother with him. Mom, we're going to the treehouse. It's only for older kids. Parker can't go. I don't care if you're going to see an exorcist movie marathon. You're taking your brother with you. I need a break, Keel. Can't you understand that? And I'm sure your friends won't mind. She flashed Kimber and me a challenging look. Right? No, not at all. Kimber said and I nodded in agreement. Keel made a loud dramatic sigh and called his brother. Parker, put your shoes on. We're leaving now. <laughs> I'd met the youngest Landy several times before and found that he was 
<laughs> Eat the food, you fat lard. This is not Napoleon. Dinamito. Kale. I had met the youngest Landy several times before and found that he was unlike his older brother in looks as in disposition. Where Keel was a wild, excitable fireball with hair to match, I found Parker to be an anxious, fidgety boy with small eyes and dark brown hair. We got on our bikes and made our way to a lesser known hiking trail a few miles away. I asked before where the trail led when we went across it several weeks before, and Keel had given me the underwhelming answer of Nowhere interesting. Pulled up the trailhead and lead our bikes against the wooden sign post, which read West Rim Prescott Ore Trail. Why are there so many trails around here named Prescott, I asked. Is this Prescott Mountain or something? Kimber laughed. <laughs> no, dummy, it's because of the Prescotts, you know, the family that lives in the mansion up on Fairmont. Mr. Prescott and his son Jimmy own, like, half the businesses in town. More than half. Keel agreed. Which ones? Does he own the GameStop? <laughs> the only store in Drisking I really cared about. I don't know about that one. Keel wanted a locker on the four bikes and clicked the bar into place, then spun the numbers in the dial. But like, the hardware store, the pharmacy, Glitton's on second, and the newspaper. Did they start this town? I asked. Nah, mining town started the town, I think. I want to go home. Parker had been so quiet, <laughs> I completely forgotten he was there. You can't go home. Keel rolled his eyes. Mom said I had to bring you. Now come on, it's only like a two-mile walk. I want to see my bike, Parker answered. Too bad we're going off trail. Oh my god, I want to go. I'll stay with the bikes. Don't be such a wussy. I'm not. Kyle, be nice. Kimber hissed. <laughs> Kimber? <laughs> He's only five. I'm six. <laughs> Parker objected. I'm sorry, six. You're, you're six. Kimber smiled at him. All right, fine. He can hold your hand if he wants, but he's coming. Keel turned and started up the trail. Parker felt, fell, ooh, Parker, hmm. Parker fell face first into an undignified frown. No. No. Got Parker's it. face. Parker's face. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a missing posture. Yes. Parker's face fell into an undignified frown. When the charming Kimber stuck her hand out and wiggled her fingers at him, he took it. Keel was right. It wasn't a long walk. Only half mile down the trail and then another half mile hike on a well-tread path up the mountain. It was a steep climb, though, and by the time we got to the treehouse, I was winded. What do you think? Keel asked excitedly. It's... <laughs> I studied the tree as I caught my breath. On his dick. <laughs> it's pretty... It's pretty awesome. I smiled. And it was. They hadn't lied. The treehouse was the biggest I'd ever seen. It had multiple rooms, and there were actual curtains in the windows. A sign above the door said, Amber Cot Fort and a rope ladder hung below the threshold, missing several planks. It actually sounds really cool. It does. I'm going first, yelled Parker, but Kimber caught his arm. You have to do the ceremony first, or you'll disappear, she reminded him. <laughs> That'd be fine with me, Keel grumbled. I was eager to get in the fort myself. Give me the knife. <laughs> I held Great delivery. <laughs> Give me the knife. <laughs> Give me the knife. <laughs> I held up my hand. Kyle's mug. Kyle's mug. I held up my hand. Kyle. Oh, Kyle. Keel smiled and dug the switchblade out of his pocket. There's some space in the back to carve your name. I opened the knife, walked around the tree looking for an empty spot. There were so many names on the tree that I had to crunch down and look near the bottom since I couldn't reach any higher. 
I spotted both Keel and Kimber's carvings <laughs> on the tree, and I finally found a spot I liked near the ladder. I bit my tongue and carved Sam W. into a blank piece of bark underneath someone named Paul S. Parker next, but I had so much trouble Paul with Paul S. Paul S. Parker. Wait. Paul S. And then Parker went next. It's it's a weird... Oh my god, I thought it was an abbreviation. No. <clears throat> Grammatical error. Heaviest pumpkins. <laughs> I don't understand. Is this going to be the entire thing? There are 52 floors of pumpkins. <laughs> I bit my tongue and carved Sam W. into a blank piece of bark underneath someone named Paul S. Parker went next, but had so much trouble with the knife that Keel had to do it for him. All right, let's go. <laughs> I ran over to the rope ladder. Wait! Keel yelled. You have to say the words first. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, what are they? Kimber sang them out. Underneath the triple tree, there is a man who waits for me. And should I go or should I stay? My fate's the same either way. That's creepy, I said. What does it mean? Kimber shrugged. No one knows anymore. It's just tradition. Okay, can you say it one more time slower? <laughs> Once Parker and I had recited the poem, we were ready to go. I climbed the rope ladder first and took stock of the new surroundings. The treehouse was more or less empty. Just a dirty rug here and there and some trash, old soda cans beer cans, and fast food wrappers. I went room to room, four in total, and found nothing of real interest until the last one. An old mattress lay in the corner, and piles of musty, ripped clothing scattered the floor. Did a hobo live here? I asked. Nah. This room has been like this for as long as I can remember, Keel said from the doorway behind me. It smells gross, I said. <laughs> You're supposed to be like a nine-year-old girl. Smells <laughs> gross. <laughs> Kimber walked up to the threshold but refused to go any further. It's not the smell that freaks me out, it's that. She pointed up to the ceiling and I raised my eyes to read what was written there. Road to the gates of hell, mile marker one. What does it mean? I asked. It's just older kids being dicks, Keel said. Come on, I'll show you, like, the best part of the tree. We walked back in the first room. It's my dad. <laughs> and Parker looked up at us and smiled. And Parker looked <laughs> up at us and smiled, pointing down to what he clumsily carved in the wooden floor. Fart. Kill red. That's hilarious, Parker. He rolled his eyes, but his little brother didn't pick up on the sarcasm and smiled proudly. Kimber sat down on the floor next to Parker, and I sat on his other side. Keel took the knife from his brother and then walked across the room and wedged the blade between two planks of the wooded wall. He pushed and the board gave, opening up a small, secret compartment in the wall. Keel took something out and pushed the plank back in until it was flush with the others. Check it out. He turned around and proudly held up two cans of... Do you have a sponsor for this podcast? <laughs> we, what do we usually say? Uh, Yingling lager? Even though none of us have ever drank it on the show. He turned around and proudly, proudly held two cans of Changlang lager. Whoa, I said. <laughs> Ew, warm beer, that's gross. How'd she even know it was there? Kyber asked. Phil Saunders told me. Are we going to drink it? I asked. Hell yeah, we're going to drink it. Keel came down and sat down in our circle, popped open the first beer and offered it to Kimber. She added it like he was trying to hand her a dirty diaper. Come on, Kimmy. Don't 
Don't call me that. She yelled at him and then reluctantly took the open beer. She smelled it and made a face and pinched her nose and took a small swig. Kyber shuddered. That was even grosser than I imagined. I don't want any. I'm going to tell mom. <laughs> Parker said quickly as the beer passed in front of him to me. Good, because you're not getting any. Keel promised. And you won't tell mom shit. Oh, by the way, I meant to say, <laughs> the, kid, the kid is totally going to go missing. The kid's dead. Oh, like, at the end of, like at the end of this, these two pages, <laughs> the kid is gone. He's dead. Um, I only assume that not only saying the poem, but carving your own name has like meaning. And I oh, just, sure. I just assume that that's going to come back to bite These are creepy the fucking kids. Not only are these creepy fucking kids, this is a creepy situation. It's, it's Blair Witch-esque. Kimber and Keel are in on it. Parker's not. Sam's obviously not. So Kimber and Keel are gonna like buy their time. Like oh, you lure think so? Sam. Oh my god. Kimber and Keel. I think no they're just up. stupid kids who aren't no. aware of No, they're like doing these monsters biddings. They're demons. They're um, like proxies for they're, they're like they're like, yeah, we'll lure some kids to, yeah, you know? Proxies for Slendy. Why or couldn't demons. he play Tekken on the first Dang. day? Because Tekken is his safe word. Think about it. <laughs> right? I'm thinking about it. That's a safe word. That's it. I put on my best poker face. Put on my best poker face and took a long, deep swallow of the warm beer before I had the chance to smell it. It was a poor decision, and when I retched, the foul yellow liquid went all over my shirt. Aw oh man, now I'm gonna smell like beer. <laughs> we spent the next half an hour and an hour drinking two cans of Chang'alang beer. And after a while, the taste grew more tolerable. I couldn't tell if I was becoming a man or actually getting drunk. Oh, you're not a girl. I know. Got Sam, it. Sam. Sam is either Pat. You don't know. All right. I, know. I hoped it was the former. When the last drop of the last beer was consumed, we spent 20 minutes trying to determine if we were drunk. Kyle assured us that he was wasted. Kyle. Fucking Kyle. I'm wasted, bro. <laughs> Keel assured us that he was wasted, while Kimber wasn't sure. I didn't think I was. Pretty cool. But I, I failed know. all of our drunk tests. I don't know. Like, trying to avoid falling into a manhole. Kimber was in the middle of reciting the alphabet backwards when a loud metallic grinding... When a loud metallic grinding suddenly pierced the calm mountain air like a gunshot. Kimber stopped talking. We spent a few minutes staring at each other, waiting for the noise to end. Parker curled into Kimber and put his high hands over his ears. After what seemed like ten whole minutes, the sound ended as suddenly as it had begun. What was that? I asked, and Parker mumbled something into Kimber's sweatshirt. Do you guys know? I tried again. Kimber stared at her feet as she crossed and uncrossed them. Well? It's nothing. Keel answered finally. We hear it sometimes in town. It's not a big deal. It's just louder up here. But what's making that sound? Baraska. Kimber whispered, without taking her eyes off her feet. Who's that? I asked. Not who, where. Kyle answered. It's a place. Another town? No, it's just a place in the woods. Oh. Bad things happen there. Kimber said, more to herself than me. Like what? Bad things. Kimber repeated. Yeah, don't ever try to find it out, dude. Kyle said behind me. Bad things will happen to you, too. But, like, what bad things? I turned around. Kyle shrugged and Kimber stood up and walked over to the rope ladder. We better go. I have to get home to my mom. She said. 
We climbed down the ladder one by one and then started to walk back to the trailhead in an unfamiliar silence. I was dying of curiosity about Baraska, but couldn't decide if and what to ask about it. So, who lives there? Where? Kyle asked. Baraska. The skinned man, Parker answered. <laughs> Kyle laughed. Only babies believe that. Like, men who are skinned? Like their skin is gone? I asked excitedly. Yeah, that's what some kids say. Most of us stop believing in that, though, when we turn double digits, Cal said. I looked back at Kimber, who was still nine like me, but she was staring down the trail, ignoring us. That seemed to be the end of the conversation, and by the time we reached our bikes, the awkwardness was gone, and we were giggling, trying to decide if we were too drunk to bike home. School started two days later, and I'd completely forgotten about Baraska. When my dad pulled up to the curb to drop me off that morning, he locked the doors before, before I could get out. Not so fast. He laughed. As your father, I get the privilege of giving you a hug and telling you to have a good day first. Have a good day. <laughs> good. <laughs> have a good first day of school. <laughs> Champ. Sport. Have a good day. I really hope, I really hope this kid is called CPS. Because his dad is <laughs> fucked up. He's like the first day of school uh, and he couldn't hold it together. Um, But dad, I gotta go meet Kyle by the five before first bell. And you will, but give me a hug first. In a few years, you'll be driving yourself to school. Let me be your dad while I still can. Fine, I said, exacerbated, and leaned over to give my dad a quick hug. Thank you. Now go meet your friend. Your mom will be waiting here for you to pick you up at 340. I know, dad. Why can't I take the bus like Whitney? When you're 12, you can take the bus. He smiled and unlocked the doors. Until then, I get to drop you off in the mornings. If you think it'd make you look cooler, you can ride in the back seat behind the cage. Dad, just don't. I threw open the door of his cruiser before he could say anything more and ran as he left behind me. He's a police! Yeah. I didn't get that. Ooh, ooh, the the police. Ooh, ooh. Kyle was waiting for me at the flagpole. And when he... Oh, Kyle was already waiting for me at the flagpole. And when he found Kimber, he dabbed. <laughs> Dude, you almost missed the bell. He yelled when he saw me. I know, sorry. What classes are you in? Kimber asked. She was wearing a red sweater and leggings with frogs on them. Her curly orange hair was brushed into ringlets, and her lips were pink and shiny. She never looked prettier. And I was surprised to realize I'd never really seen Kimber as a girl. Uh, <laughs> Go. Uh, Mr. Diamonds. Me too. She said cheerfully. Lucky. Kyle scoffed. I'm Miss Verdi's. Only two fourth grade teachers and I get the crappy one. Kimber grimaced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom had her when, when... Yeah, my mom had her when she was a kid. What's wrong with her? What did she say? Thought, just the strict... Just that she's strict and gives out homework on the weekends. On the weekends? Fuck! I thought the opposite. When I saw, yeah, my mom had her when she was a kid, I was like, oh. She's like, she had Mrs. Dreyer <laughs> as a child. Goo-goo. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Landy? I immediately recognized the tall man that had suddenly appeared behind the white-faced Kyle. 
and now I said, oh, excuse, oh, me, excuse me, Mr. Landy. I yeah. Do. Oh, so that's the principal guy. Yeah. So, sorry, sir, I meant dang. Kimber giggled. I'm sure you did. He nodded. Hi, Sheriff Clary. Even though I only met him a few times, I like my dad's boss, and he liked me. Well, hello, Sammy. Are you excited for your first day? Sheriff Cleary crossed his arms in front of him and widened his stance imposingly, but gave me a wide smile. Yes, sir, I said, and then added lamely, what are you doing here? I'm giving a presentation to the fifth and sixth grades about safety when walking to and from school. Yeah, he gives it every year. Kyle muttered. Cool, I smiled. Sheriff Cleary nodded me and then turned to walk away. I looked around confused. Where's Kimber? She took off. She is annoyingly on time to everything. And as if to illustrate his point, the bell rang. We both ran up the stairs and inside. I walked into class, saw that Kimber had saved me a spot next to her at the back. Mm. Mr. Diamond, a short round man of 40 or so, nodded at me when I came in. Mr. Walker, I presume. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's me, I mumbled as I rushed past him into the desk next to Kimber. Welcome to Drisking Elementary. And for the rest of you, welcome back. Go, Grizzlies. <laughs> Class echoed a reluctant and subdued. Go, Go Grizzlies. Kimber introduced me to the other kids in the class throughout the morning. Most of them were nice, if sort of underwhelmed by me. They said their hellos and asked where I was from, and the conversations usually ended with an unpressed, okay. okay. A group of girls who sat near the front snuck looks at us all morning and snickered. I asked Kimber who they were, and they, she just shrugged. During our second break, they come up, came up and talked to me. Are you friends with Kimber DeStaro? A tall, dark-haired girl. Dark-haired girl. <laughs> a tall, dark-haired girl asked me. Yeah, I answered and looked over at Kimber. She was watching me with worried eyes. Are you related to her? N- no. I didn't think so because you don't have any orange hair. I didn't know what to say to that. You don't have to be friends with her, you know. Said the second girl with the oddly round face. I want to be friends with her. A third girl behind the other two snorted. <laughs> She had pretty auburn hair and a rude, upturned nose. Well, if you do, you're going to be in the ugly kid group. The first girl warned. And once you're in that group, you can't leave it ever. Better than the bitch group, I said. <laughs> rude nose and round face gasped, but dark haired smiled. We'll see. She said, and the three returned to their corner of the room. I sat back down next to Kimber, feeling like a badass. It was the first time I'd ever used a swear word in front of anybody other than Kyle. What did they say to you? Kimber asked nervously. They said you're too pretty to be near them and that you make them look gross, so we have to stay away from them. Liar. Kimber answered, but I could tell she was smiling. This is a guy, right? I don't know. At this point, I'm so... <sighs> it said man's hands at one point, so yeah. yeah. And or be a man is, or something. Yeah, be a it's man. It's Sam, but it's man be named. But then they're like, oh, if you hang out with Kimber, you're going to be in the ugly bitches club. Yeah. And and my character's like, oh, no, you're not, bitch. Like, what the... F- oh, God. All right, fine. Fine. It's fine. Honestly, you know what? It's fine. We met Kyle in the cafeteria at lunch, and he had nothing but bad things to say about his morning. Miss Verdi was old and mean, and she made everyone come up and say something about themselves, even though the class had only, like, 14 kids, and they all knew each other. When the bell rang for a recess, I went to throw my lunch away with Kyle, and I bumped into a kid I hadn't seen before. Hey, are you Sam Walker? The kid asked. Yeah. Oh, your sister is dating my brother. Oh, man. Kyle left. Your sister is dating a Whittaker? Shut up, Kyle. The kid grumbled. 
She's going to be Whitney Whittaker. As funny as it was, I couldn't help but be a little surprised. Not that I had been paying attention, but I only see Whitney out of her room once over the summer. Uh, where did she meet him? I asked the Whittaker kid. I don't know, probably at his job. His job where? He works at Drisking Water. Didn't make any sense to me, but I shrugged it off. I did remember my mom giving Whitney some menial tasks, like getting the car washed and setting up some utilities to get her out of the house. Maybe she met him once and they started dating over text. Teenagers are weird. The rest of the school week followed much like the first. We were well into the first month when I heard someone mention the skinned men again. We were out in the playground, and Kyle and I were trying to start a fire with two large wood chips. What do you feel about the skin thing? Do you think... See, like, they said first gay to hell or something? Yeah. So I can only assume it gets worse the deeper you go in, and right. part of me thinks like a Silent Hill thing. You right. Know? Right. The scraping noise. Yeah. Uh, skinned people. I think anyone puts it, their horror in a, like a coal town in the mountains is like, kind of takes Silent Hill. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. So... Do you think there's any, like, truth to the skin men thing? Where do you, th- do you think it's going to go there? Uh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Because I think, I think Kyle is, is completely involved in what, in like the You're still running of, with that. No, listen, Kyle is completely involved in what the fiction of what's going on. Have right? you read He's, this story before? No, I have not. He's like a lore. <laughs> Kimber is involved, but there's going to be a crucial moment where she can choose to side with Sam and be like, no, this has gotten out of control. Or she can be like, yes, what we talked about when we were kids or whatever, we're going to keep on doing, like, we're going to sacrifice people. She's going to choose to, like, break away at that point. That's and be like, such no, a specific I'm serious. It's, this is where this is going. Right. So Kimber's going to be like, oh, no, I can't sacrifice this, like, boy, I actually like him, like, like fuck off. Kyle's gonna try, and then he's gonna die. <laughs> Did Parker's you get gonna be all dead. All of this from the last paragraph. Yeah, like a hundred percent. Like I, we, I, we fuck off. me and the story are the on worst. the same page. I'm just saying. You're the fucking. This worst. is what's gonna happen. So fine. So fine. Bullseye. Bullseye. I just given myself a splinter when the distant sound of metal grinding on metal flooded over the playground, silencing every one of us. Baraska, I said in awe. Yep. Said Phil Saunders. The skinned men kill again. Hey, Kyle said only babies believe in skin men. I threw an accusatory look at Kyle. They do. Phil is stupid. I am not. Ask Danielle. She's seen them. Phil scanned the playground and then yelled at a blonde girl talking to Rude Nose. Hey, Danielle, come here. The blonde girl rolled her eyes but came skipping over anyway. What do you want? I told you Kayla doesn't like you, Philip. <laughs> no, tell them about the skinned men. Phil gestured at the air around us, which was filled with metallic scrapings coming down from the mountain. You tell them. No, you saw them, so you tell them. Uh, and see them. Paige saw them. Oh. Phil said, and uncomfortable silence descended. You guys are weird, Danielle said before flipping her hair out of her faces and leaving. Who's Paige? I asked when she'd gone. Her sister. Phil said. Paige disappeared when we were like five. Kyle said. After she saw the skinned men. Phil added. The sounds from the mountain abruptly ended, and the subdued atmosphere of the playground disappeared with it. When the bell rang, Kyle lined up in his class line, and since Phil was in my class, I made sure I was behind him. The teachers began to count us off. Hey, what else do you know about Baraska? I whispered to him. My brother said that that's where people go when they disappear. To Baraska. What happens to them there? Bad things. 
he said, and then shushed me when I asked him what that meant. <gasps> okay, fine. The year dragged on, and it wasn't until Christmas break that I heard the machine at Baraska again. It was December, and there was a thick blanket of snow on the ground, which only served to amplify the noise from the mountain. I sat in my room listening to it for a few minutes, trying to decide what was happening in the place that bad things happen. I saw my dad's cruiser pull up in the window and went downstairs to greet him. As I passed my sister's door, I heard her giggling in an annoying teenage girl way, and I cringed. I hope Kimber never got like that. Dad! I skidded on the landing just as he opened the door. My dad stomped the snow off his boots and threw open his arms. Sammy, how many years has it been? He joked. It was true I hadn't seen much of my dad lately since he was working so much. Doing what, I didn't know, since this was the quietest, lamest town ever. My mom thought it's like sure. fighting monsters every morning. Right. He hears his, like, <laughs> echo from Baraska. He's, like, trying to do some Silent Hill, like, solo yep. campaign by himself. This right? is the person you play as in Baraska. And he's like, oh, I gotta see my fucking fuck. kid. One time when you save, he's like, can I go see my fucking kid for, like, four hours? Instead of save, it just says, fuck. Oh, fuck. I gotta go to... Ahem. Doing what? I didn't know, since this was the quietest, lamest town ever. Mom thought the sheriff was grooming Dad for his job since Claire was so old, and Dad never really agreed or disagreed with her. He'd only been in the apartment seven months, after all, and he doubted people in the county of the vote for him. Hey, Dad, do you hear that? That, like, um, machine-sounding noise? Yep, I hear it in town every now and then. Do you know what it is? I asked the sheriff about it, and he told me the noise comes from the private property up in the Ozarks. You know, Jason Bateman. Uh, <clears throat> is the property called Baraska? I asked quickly. I have no idea. Baraska. Where'd you hear that? I shrugged. Kids at my school. Well, it's nothing to worry about, Sammy. Probably just some old logging equipment. But is the place called Baraska? Like, have you heard that name before? No. I've not heard that before. Dad pulled off his boots and shrugged off his coat, looking towards the kitchen. I could tell I was losing him. Have you ever heard of the skinned men? I asked quickly. Skinned men? Good God, Sam. Is your sister telling you these stories? No. But he wasn't listening to me anymore. Whitney! He yelled up the stairs. No, Dad, Whitney doesn't even talk to me, I repeated. I heard a door creak open upstairs and Whitney peered over the railing, phone in hand, and an annoyed look on her face. Are you trying to scare your brother? Dad demanded. Dad, no, I said again. Whitney shot me a betrayed look. Seriously? As if I'd waste my time. You aren't telling him stories about skinned men. No, Dad, I told you, I heard it at school, I said. Whitney gestured to me as if to say, see? Alright, well you kids need to start getting along. Your family, for Christ's sake. Whitney rolled her eyes, and when Dad walked into the kitchen, she stuck her tongue at me. Real mature, Whitney! I yelled up at her, but she was already gone. I'll tell Dad about your boyfriend. <laughs> Christmas came and went with surprising smoothness at our house. Whitney and I got everything we had on our list, which was a first for us. The town may be smaller, but Dad's paychecks were clearly better. I wore my new Rams parka on the first day back to school after Christmas break. Kyle fawned over it, and Kimber showed off the blue pearl necklace her mom had gotten her for Christmas. Kyle and I feigned interest, but did it poorly. Kimber knew, but just seemed happy we cared enough to fake it. As we said goodbye to Kyle for the morning, Kimber was suddenly slammed from the side. Kyle caught her before she fell, and I spun around angrily to see Dark Hair Girl, whose name to learn was Phoebe Dranger, laughing and walking away from us with a round-faced girl. You're bad people who make poor life choices, 
Cal yells at them. When I'm your boss someday, I'll make you clean bathrooms. Yeah, and if Kyle's your boss, you know you messed up, I added. <laughs> Cal and I high-fived in front of Kimber, but she wasn't sharing in her victory. She was trying to hide the tears in her face. Don't sweat those girls, Kimber. Nobody likes them. People are just nice to them because they're related to the Prescotts. Cal tried to give her an awkward pat on the back, but Kimber turned away from him and ran in the opposite direction. I hate those girls. Like, I really hate them, I said. I know. They're bitches. Cal answered. Mouthing than the last word as he looked over his shoulder for any lurking adults. Well, I'd better get to class and make sure they don't try and talk to her again. There's an assembly this morning. No class until after lunch. <gasps> Seriously? That's awesome. Do we have to sit by class? Not usually, but we better get there quick so we can get seats back. Cal said as we started walking. What's the assembly for? I asked. It's either D.A.R.E. or the History Society presentation. What's D.A.R.E.? You know, D.A.R.E., as in, uh, drugs are really easy. <laughs> as in, don't you dare do drugs or you're grounded until you're dead. Oh. I hope it's the history thing, man. We found Kimber already in the auditorium. She had collected herself and saved us both seats at the back of the room. She waved us over, just as the puffy, stern Mrs. Traverty walked on stage. Hello, fourth grade students. This morning we have a special presentation for you by the Historic Preservation Society of Triskic. If you have questions during the course of the lecture, please raise your hand. They're gonna ask about fucking Veraska. <laughs> I swear to God they will. It's gonna happen, this paragraph. This like page. that'll happen. Kyle laughed. Now I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Wyatt Dowder, Miss Catherine Scanyon, and of course, Mr. James Prescott. What? Jimmy Prescott and not his dad? That's so weird. Kimber whispered. Dude, Thomas Prescott has done this presentation every year for like 20 years. Cal said. It's definitely weird. Oh, bro, it's not weird. Whisper my second behind us. He leaned forward. Tom Prescott went crazy like a year ago. He didn't do the presentation last year uh, when my sister was here either. I don't like Jimmy Prescott. Kimber shook her head. He gives me the heebie-jeebies. His dad is so much nicer. He's like a grandpa. The presentation was slow and boring. Mr. Dowding and Miss Scanlon talked a lot about the first settlers here, the Cherokee and the Trail of Tears. They talked about the Alexander Drisking's discovery of a motherload of ore in the mountains and settling here with his family to mine and refine the iron. Then James Prescott took the stage from there to tell the story of his family's early journey to the town and the role in the revitalization of Drisking itself in the late 50s. The last part was the most interesting of it all, and I found Jimmy Prescott to be infallibly charismatic and entertaining. I was so busy laughing at his jokes and hanging on his every word that by the end of the presentation I realized that I actually learned quite a bit. So much so that I was interested enough to ask a question, which Kyle warned was committing social suicide. Is this a boy? Or is this a girl? This is a boy. I don't understand. It is a boy. This is a very empathetic boy. It is a boy. Okay. Mr. Prescott scanned the room and answered a few other questions before he finally got to me at the back. Yeah. You in the back. Yes. You in the back. Um, Mr. Prescott, why did the mines close? Like, what happened? I asked. Very good question, young man. What did you say your name was? They already said it's... The Prescott's son, it's not the Ah, <laughs> oh, shit! So I never know old man. I want so him to excited. go old man. I'm so excited to hear what the elder Prescott would sound like. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. 
I hate chocolate. Chocolate? <laughs> I never liked it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they never quite said how young he is. That's true. Um, That's true. He could be 60. He's junior right. instead of senior. I'm that with him. Quite. I'm with it. Yes, you in the back. You don't have to redo it. I've, oh, okay. we're redoing. Um, Mr. Prescott, why did the mines close? Like, what happened? I asked. Very good question, young man. What did you say your name was? Uh, Sam Walker. I believe I met your father the other day at the sheriff's office. Welcome to Drisking. As for your questions, most of the mines were closed in 1951 after a long period of unprofitability. The mountain had simply ran out of iron ore. The mills and refineries were abandoned, and the town suffered for years. The miners and their families moved away, stores went out of business, schools closed, and Drisking became a ghost town. That would have been the end of it if there weren't for stubborn families like mine who refused to leave. We refused to give up the town, and after many, many years of hard work, Drisking became the picturesque little haven in the Ozarks that it is today. I hope that answers your question. I sat back down and Kyle shook his head at me. Bro. The assembly suffered through another 15 minutes of awkward Q&A until Mrs. Dirty finally cut us loose. We were released in the cafeteria to wait for lunch lines to open. Kyle, Kimber, and I sat in our usual corner. That was so boring. Kyle whined. When are they going to figure out that no one cares about Drisking's history? Seriously, I fell asleep like three times. Kimber nudged me. Sam seemed to care. She teased. I just wanted to know about the mines. Mines are creepy, that's all. Yeah, but our mines were blown up. You can't go in them anymore. Kyle said. Blown up? I asked. Kimber nodded. Some kids died after going into the mines. The city set off some controlled blasts to implode the caverns. At least that's what my mom said. They messed up, though, and I heard they blew up the water table or poisoned it or something. What? How do you know that? Kyle asked. Kimber shrugged. I heard my dad talking about it. Did they use C4 or something? I guess. So, like, we all drink the water so we all have C4 in our bodies and we could explode it, like, any minute? Kyle said excitedly. Do you think that's what happened to all the missing people? I asked him. Just sitting there one day and then boom? Yeah, dude. Kyle grabbed my shoulders. And that's where the skinned men come from. I made the international symbol of mind blown, and we laughed hysterically. You guys are dumb. Kimber rolled her eyes, but then she laughed when Kyle fell on the floor pretending he was exploding. I remember thinking in that moment that I was here, that I was happy here in Drisking, Missouri with these two people. Happier than I'd ever been anywhere else. It's kind of like it. Yeah. I'm ready for the Pennywise. (laughs) It was the last truly happy moment I ever had. (laughs) Great. Less than an hour later, Mr. Mr. Diamond's phone rang, and he exchanged a few quiet words with the person on the other end his eyes flicking to and from my desk. It was hard to be surprised then when he hung up and asked me to come to the front. When I got there, he told me my mom was waiting for me in the office and I was going home for the day. I traded a confused and worried look with Kimber and then packed up my backpack and went to the office. When I got there, my mom was crying. We drove home in strained silence. I was too afraid to ask what was wrong. Mom parked the car a block away from our house, which was blocked in by several police cars. When an explanation didn't come, I broke the silence myself. Is it dad? I asked quietly, holding back tears. No, honey. Dad is fine, she whispered. Then what's happened? Whitney never made it to school this morning. Her voice broke over my sister's name. Oh, no, Mom, I think she ditched, I said quickly, 
I saw her leave this morning and it was really early, like six, and she was with her friends, um, Pete Whittaker and that kid Taylor. We know all about that, Sam, but they made it to school and Whitney wasn't with them. They said she wanted to stop by the Circle K and you were just getting high, so they left her there, and no one has seen her since. Well, my brain struggled to come up with an explanation. Maybe she's ditching. No, honey. My mom put the car back in drive and drove up to our house, parked behind a police cruiser. The police, as well as your father, think that Whitney is with Jay. But she has a new boyfriend here. We found all her books in the floor of your room this morning and half her clothes gone along with some cash to your dad's. But right now we think that she hitched a ride to St. Louis and that she's with Jay. The sheriff's office is trying to contact the boy's parents now. Whitney, run away? Anyone who knew my sister knew she was prone to dramatics and it'd be threats. Plus, she was dating Chris Whitaker's older brother, Pete. I was sure of it. We walked up the steps and knew in a house filled with stale coffee and quiet murmurs. I tried to remember if Whitney herself had ever actually confirmed she was dating Pete, but I drew a blank. When we walked into the kitchen, I saw my father sitting at the table staring at phone records, head in hand. He looked up when I came into the room and gave me a weak smile. Hey, buddy. Dad, I have to tell you something. I felt a heavy hand on my shoulder and turned up to look at a solemn Sheriff Cleary. Everything and anything you might know, son, no matter how trivial you think it is. I nodded and sat down at the table with my dad as my mom handed the big man a cup of coffee. Here you go, Sheriff, she said weakly. Please, Mrs. Walker, call me Killian. My mother nodded and retreated back into a darkened corner to talk quietly with Sheriff Cleary's wife, Grace. What do you know, Sam? My dad asked as he rested his chin on his hands in a mock symbol of prayer, as though I may deliver him from his suffering. Well, just, I heard Whitney had a boyfriend, that guy Peter Whittaker that she's been hanging out with, and I saw them and Taylor Dranger leave this morning before me. What time did they leave? Asked the sheriff. I don't know, like, before six, he nodded. That matches the statements of Taylor Dranger and the Whittaker boy. My father's head sunk lower into his hands, and I knew I let him down. But, I rushed, I don't think she went back to St. Louis because she was dating Pete, and I don't think she wanted to be with her boyfriend back home anymore. I understand that, son, but a teenage girl's mind is a complicated thing. My officers are trying to get a hold of the boy's family back in St. Louis. Clearing out into my father. Now, why don't you head up to your room and let us work, Samuel? I looked up at him in surprise. What? No, I want to stay down here. I can help. No, son, there's nothing more you can do here. You've been a good brother. Now let us handle this. But I can help. You already have. Dad! I looked over my dad with begging eyes. Go to your room, Sam. He said quietly after a moment. I balked. Dad. Now. I was so angry I did the only thing I could to make my range known. I stomped upstairs, slammed the door, and then sat on my bed in disbelief. The tears came then, and I lay there feeling helpless, worthless, and scared for my sister. I thought about all the places Whitney could be. Was she scared? Was she alone? Was she... dead? When the sun began to set, I finally got out of bed, and I went to check my email. I was expecting lots of messages from Kimber and Kyle, but there was only one. Did she go to the treehouse? I sat staring at the computer screen for almost a minute. Kimber's words from last fall echoed in my brain. If you enter the treehouse without the proper ceremony, he'll disappear, and then you'll die. 
I didn't buy that Whitney had gone to Circle K that morning, and I didn't especially to believe that she'd hitchhiked out of town. Nothing they were saying downstairs made any sense if you knew my sister, but maybe none of this did. Maybe she and her boyfriend went to the treehouse to make out or something, and he'd left her there. Maybe she'd gotten lost, or maybe the skin men had found her. That was the worst thought of all. I didn't even need to sneak out, because the police were too busy with my parents to care about me anyway. I snuck my bike out of the garage, and I rode three miles to the West Rim Prescott Ore Trail. When I got there, I saw two bikes already locked to the signpost, and my two best friends sitting in the snow next to them. You're still reading it, man. You're still, like you're, you, I, I keep trying to pay attention to my expectations and your expectations, and right now you're still kind of there. I'm in it. I knew you'd come, Kyle said when I pulled my bike up and Kimber ran up to hug me. I'm so sorry, Sam. There was really nothing for me to say, and they didn't push. Kimber took my arm and we started up the trail. The silence between us was stretched, but comfortable. We trudged through the snow, and all the while I searched for the telltale footprints of others, but the snow was coming too fast. The hike up the mountain was harder and wetter than when we come in the fall, and when Ambercott Fort finally came into view over the ridge, it was a welcome sight. The sun was getting low, and we hadn't brought flashlights. I fell as I ran through the tree, calling my sister's name to the quiet wilds. Kyle was right behind me, and I leapt impressively onto the rope ladder, climbing quickly up the planks. I kept calling Whitney's name, waiting for Kyle to yell that he found her, at least there was some sign of her. And then I heard Kimber quietly say my name from where she stood at the triple tree. I ran over and tried to follow her eyes to confirm what I already knew was there. And then I found it, freshly carved near the top. Whitney W. My breath froze on my chest and my vision blurred with unwelcome tears. And as the sun took its last desperate breath before plunging into the deep of the horizon, a deafening metallic whirl sang out from the wilderness and spilled down the mountainside. <laughs> so with your expectations, you assume that Kyle and Kimber brought her there and that's what happened? This is what I'll say. I don't think now with that last few pages, with the last two or three pages, I no longer believe that Kyle and Kimber are willing participants of Boraska or the, the skin oh, men or whatever. You're changing your... But I do think they know. About more more details? Yes. I think they know specifics that they haven't let on. And I think they're going to feel real guilty when, when Whitney comes up fucking... Exactly like Skin to shit. And they're like, oh, fuck, we knew this. Yeah, we didn't tell these new kids. Yeah. Bad things. Bad it's things. not just them either. It's that, that other kid in the... Auditoriums had just said bad things. Yeah, you know, like it's just something. The surfer kid. Yeah. <laughs> bad things, bro. Bad Gnarly, thing, bro. Gnarly Gnar- things, bro. Really, bro. Right. Um, I like it so far. I think it's pretty cool. It kind of sounds like a uh, Stand by Me esque, you know, uh, rite of passage kids thing, coming of age kind of thing. Um, Outsiders had a fucked up baby with uh, Silent Hill. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's good. It's almost like, um, this, so this comparison is going to be so stupid. It's almost like, uh, that, that game where you play is that girl that can rewind time. The whole, like, yeah. Wasn't the family in that game called the Prescotts? No, the Prescott family is the rich family with the kid with the gun. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the Prescotts. That's what I'm saying. Isn't that yeah. that family? Life is strange. Life is strange. The, they're the Prescotts. They're absolutely the Prescotts. 100%. That's where they got it from. Nah. 
Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> no, I mean, I, that's definitely a coincidence, but that's also a really stereotypical, like, snooty rich person name. But the whole thing of, like, uh, like they're going to end up being, like, so important to the town. Like, they cannot be touched, right? Because, like, they're so important to the town. The town would do shit without them. They, like, paid a whole bunch of money and revitalized the town. So now that they yes, do, like, nefarious shit, no one's going to talk about it. No one's going to, That's like, not... See, here's here's where I differentiate. Yeah. In differentiate. Life, in Life is Strange, it's like... The younger ones are the fucked up ones. The old ones just fund it. They're they're ignorant parents. Okay. That's life is strange. Okay. In this, it seems more like the Prescott family is hiding the town's secrets. Like the that, elders, the elders now. Yeah, I yeah. think I think the idea is that this the secrecy that they held to make their town rich and fertile. Right. I think the idea is that they made some kind of agreement. With some bad with shit. Some, with something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting some ritual vibes, yeah, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think woods, treehouse, um, the idea of like an old and elder being that you sacrifice children to, or mm-hmm. or even a cult at this point, I would, I would, yeah. I would still lump that in with ritual, because ritual is still like cult behavior. Um, I'm real into it. I think it's cool. I think I'm, yeah, I'm excited for part two and three. And I think next time we just... Get into it. I think um, the only reason we talk so much is just because we haven't recorded in a while. And I liked it. We always got and, and always got to bring um, some stuff. Harold Heavy Harry Hands was here. Mm-hmm. Hef- Her- Harry Hef- Harry Hands Harold Harry, Harry, Harry Hands. He's 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 oh, watching porn. He's watching porn. You ever see him get in the fight? There's a video of him fighting someone online. Um, I piss <laughs> like a racehorse. So yeah, man. So let's end this shit. Let's end. Let's end. Baraska. Listen here, you fuckhead. Django. Django has been Barasco. Our, our reader of this entire first part, and you really handled. I was gonna take part two. Um, I hundred percent. Hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. And then you'll bring it home. I'll bring it home, or we that can mix. Good. We can mix media. And bring it home. You know, <laughs> that sounds Shut good, man. Where are you going, man? He's gone. Let's go have a shrug and a pancake. All right, we're gonna play Mario Party. Because I really want to. Oh, you really want to? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Django.